begin the Rede Gemara on the bottom of Daflam with Gimel Amit Beis, about eight, nine lines from the bottom of the Yamut. We were discussing here the Eden passing through the Yardeng because we spoke in the Mishnah about the Brachis and the Klolis that the Eden heard on Hagrizim and Harevel. There was a discussion where exactly that is. Is it near the Yardeng? Is it distant from the Yardeng? So, in connection to this, the Gemara brings another Braisa that discusses the miracles that occurred when the Eden passed through the Yardeng. How did the Eden cross the Yarden? Every day when the Eden traveled in the Midbar, the Arain would travel, but that's the Arain with the Mishkan, they would travel behind two of the Shvatim. Shevet Yehuda was the first one that went. There were four flags, right? Klal Yisrael was divided into four different Machnes, four different flags. First Machni Yehuda went, then afterwards, Machne Ruvein, and only afterwards went the Oren. Mm-hmm. But Vahayayim, today, when the Eden crossed the Yardain, Nasa Tchila. The Oren went first, and the waters of the Yardain moved to the side, as we'll see soon, and allowed for Eden to pass through through the Oren, the Oren going first. Shanem, as the Pasuk describes, Hine Arain Bris Hashem, Abdain Kalaretz. The Oren, the Eivishter, the master of the whole world, goes ahead in front of you. That's the Pasuk. So here we see that they went in front of the Eden. Now another detail that was different here, all the time when Yidin were traveling in the Midbar, who carried the Aren? Levim. Levim, Nason Nasaren. The Levim, specifically Kahas from Shevet Levi, they had the job to carry the Aren. But here, on this day, the Kainim were the ones that carried the Aren. Shanem, as the Pasuk there describes, When the Kainim placed their, their feet into the Yardain, what happened was the water stopped flowing, its regular flow, and you didn't were able to pass through. So we see the Kainim are the ones that carried it. Further, we learn says, There were actually three times. That Nasu Kainim is Aaron, that the Kainim carried Aaron. Keshavra say Yardin, like we just said, when the Yidden passed through the Yardin. And also, when Yidden were around the city of Yerichai, and the whole story that the Yidden conquered Yerichai, they went around the city of Yerichai with the Aaron. And what happened was the walls of the city fell down. That was also the Kainim carried the Aaron. And also, when the Aaron was brought into the Beis Mikdash, into the first Beis Mikdash, it was also brought through the Kainim. So Rashi here brings a story that happened that the Pelishtim had stolen the Aaron from the Mishkan Shilai. And then for a long time, the Aaron was placed in the different houses. Rashi here brings, it was placed first in the house of Avinodov, and then from there it went to another place, to the house of Oivid Edaim for many, many years because David Melech did not build a base of Mikdash. But then when Shlomo Melech finally built a base of Mikdash, so then it was brought into the base of Mikdash into the Kaidash HaKadashim. Who brought it? Who carried the Arayim? There, the, it wasn't the Leviim. The Kayanim carried the Arayim and brought it into the Kaidash HaKadashim. Okay, now returning back to the story that happened when the Yidin crossed the yard. As soon as the Kainim put the water, their feet that is into the water of the Yarden, what happened? The water stopped on its tracks. It didn't continue flowing down or downstream as it always flows. So over here doesn't literally mean that the water began flowing in the other direction. It just means that the water sort of stayed in that place. The water came to that point and it stopped right there. And the water kept on just piling up. 
it kept on piling up higher and higher and higher because it didn't continue flowing downstream. Shanem, as it says, Kavoi Noisi Aran Ada Yardim, the ones that carried Aran came to the Yardim, Vayamdu Hamayim, Hayardim Ulmailo, and the water that was flowing down from the up the stream coming down, it stopped. Kemoi Neidechod. Like, uh, sorry, Kamu Neidechod. And it, it, it created this, this wall. It, the, the water went higher and higher, creating this wall of water and allowing Eden to, pra- to pass through. The Kama Goivon Shomayim. How tall did the water go in its height when it, when it gathered together there in that area and it wasn't flowing down? Shnei Mosamil, Al Shnei Mosamil, 12 mil by 12 mil, Keneged Machni Yisrael. The same size of the Eden that passed through. The Eden that passed through, when the Eden uh, dwelled in the Midbar, when the Eden were resting, camping in the Midbar, the size of the Machna of all the entire Klai Yisrael was 12 mil by 12 mil. So Eden passed through also in the same exact formation, and therefore the same distance of, the, of the, all the Eden traveling through is the distance of how high that water kept on going higher and higher to that height of 12 mil. In the Lushan... Size of a mill? I don't know. Maybe they bring it there. I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, so Rashi over here, it looks like it's actually not good. It's this Lushan that we have here in the Gemara, 12 mil by 12 mil. But the Lushan of Rashi over here is Yud Bey's mill, Keneged Machni Yisrael. Because we're not talking over here about the width. We're only talking about the the length of the Eden walking through. The Eden walked through, so there's the, the length and the width as well. But here we're talking about the length of the Eden walking through, which is Yud Bey's mill, and that's how high the water climbs and creates this tremendous wall. This is Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. asks him on this. But now, according to your words, now ask yourself, Adam Kal is a water, is a person that walks, is he easier and quicker to go to walk? Or do waters flow quicker than a person? So of course the answer is Water that flows down a stream, the water flows much quicker than a person walks. If so, the question is, what are you saying? That the water went only up to that height of 12 mil, which is the same size of the whole Claudius Yisrael that walks through. But since water flows much quicker, it'll take much quicker for the water to reach that height of 12 mil than the Eden walking through. And Cain, if so, according to you, before the Eden, which are walking on a slower pace than the flow of the water, get out of the Yardain, so the water only rise to that level, and then it's going to come and wash them out. It's going to go fall back down on them. So therefore, he argues, Rablazar of Shemus says, Ella rather Malamid, what this teaches us is this Pasuket that says, that it went up and it rose like a wall. The water was piling up like kippin on top of kippin, which is arches on top of arches. It went higher and higher. Higher than 300 mil. And this was extremely high. Tysus over here says it went up, it went high into, into this, above the clouds. And all the kings from the east. And the West, all around, all saw this water that piled up for the Eden to pass through. Shanem, as the Pasik says, <laughs> The ones that were on the, on the Yoma, Yoma is the uh, West, and all the kings of Canaan, they're on the East. 
David should dry up the yard for the Eden Ad Avram in order for them to pass through. Their heart melted. They had no spirit in them to fight the Eden because the Eden had passed through. And the this was uh, years later when the Eden went to, they, they sent Miraglim to go and spy how to come and conquer at Yisrael. And they stayed by this woman that was a Zaina, and she, her name was Rachav. She said to the Shluchim of Yeshua years later, she said this, <laughs> We heard, we remember this, that Abish should dry it up the Yamsuf. And then also, it says over there in the continuation of the Pasik, not only Hoivish Hashem Esmei Yamsuf, but also Benigayat to the Yarden as well. They heard the Vanishma Vayimas Levavenu Vilekoma Aidvagaymer. They heard this that the Abishta dried up the Yarden. Ashabeva Yarden. It says over there also that what Abishta has done for the Eden to come through the Yarden to come into Eretz Yisrael. So because it went up 300 mil. In its height, that's how everybody around saw this tremendous nest that happened to Eden to pass through the Yarden. Hmm. Okay, but we have here a machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon, how high it went up for Eden to pass through. The Gemara is going to return to that machlokes soon, but first the Gemara discusses what happened while the Eden was still in the Yarden. I done Yarden. The Eden was still there in the Yarden, crossing through. Amalem Yeshua Yeshua tells the Eden, "Duu alma atem ayvim esayarden." You have to know why you're passing through the yard in entire Yisrael. It's with the condition that you accept upon yourself now to get rid and to expel all those that are living in the land now. Point is not that Eden should go into the land and live amongst the Gaim and go in their ways. No, the point is to get rid of them. That you will expel all the Gaim living in Eretz Yisrael. If you will do this, if you accept upon yourself not to do this mutav, then good. Then laugh. If you don't accept this upon yourself, the water will come and will, will drown all of you. But it says, it doesn't say, it says, what does the water will come and wash away me and you together over here in the yard. Another thing Yeshua has told them, when they were still in the yard, Yeshua, Yeshua told the Yidin, Yeshua designated one Yid from each one of the 12 Shvatim, and he told each one of them, take a rock out of the Yarden and place it over there in the Yarden in one place, sort of to create a monument, to create a, a place where everyone will see these tall, big rocks there, that it should be remembered for the future, that everyone will know that spot, that area, what are these rocks doing here, to remind of the miracle that happened. the Pasuk says, This will be a sign amongst you, What are these large rocks doing here in this place? This is a sign for your children that your ancestors crossed the yard here in this area. So they placed it over there, in the yard, or by the edge of the yard, for everyone to see this place, 
Now another thing, when the Eden was still in the Yarden, Yeshua, Yeshua told the Eden, You should carry out from the Yarden, from the place where the feet of the Kayanim were standing over there in the Yarden, and this is prepared for you over here. Another 12 large rocks, besides these 12 large rocks that they put there as sort of a monument to remember the miracle that happened, take another 12 rocks. Take it out of the yard and carry it out of the yard and together with you. And bring it with you in the place, in the hotel, so to speak. That's the literal, literal translation of Malin. But it means in your place where you're going to uh, sleep tonight. Mm. And you should keep bring it over there and, and, and uh, bring these racks out of the yard and bring it along with you. Mm. You would think that they had to take it along with them in every place that they, that they slept. Bring it to the place where you're going to sleep tonight. And where is the first place Eden came to after they crossed the yard? And they came to the Gilgal, a place called Gilgal. And that's where they put these rocks. Okay, these are the rocks that the Gemara actually spoke about before, that the Eden actually later took it to Har Eval. And that's what they wrote the Sefer They wrote the entire Sefer on it and then translated it into 70 languages. So now these rocks that the Eden took out of the yard, and how large were they? How heavy were they? Amr these three Tanoim, they stood over there by those rocks and them, and they, they measured their size. Each one of these rocks have the weight of 40 saw. So what does it mean, the weight of 40 saw? 40 saw, it doesn't really apply to a weight. 40 saw means a certain size. Hmm. But apparently it means that these, these racks were the size, just like a mikveh, which is made of 40 saw. How do you get the water that's 40 saw? So the Gemara always tells us that it's uh, three amas in height by an ama and a, an ama. So apparently these racks were this size of 40 saw, and that's the kind of weight that these racks had. Mm. And the Eden, each one of the Eden carried, of, of each Shvatim that is, 12 of the Shvatim, carried one rack of this weight of 40 saw. Now, Gemidi, we have a tradition, the Tuuna, the Midli Inchi, the Kasve, the weight that a person cannot carry on his shoulders alone, is Tilsa, the Tuuna Have, is a third of the weight of the load that he can carry when he has help of another person helping him. And so over here, they were each able to carry on their own 40 sa'ah of this rack, the weight of this rack. Mm-hmm. So too, so what do you understand from that? If they have help from someone else, each one is able to carry 120 sa'ah of weight <laughs> on, their, on their shoulders. So now we can, from here, at the Mechashev Le'eshkel, we can make a calculation regarding the grapes, the, uh, the Eshkel of grapes, that the Eden carried out of Eretz Yisrael. This is the Meraglam. Mm. When they brought back the, uh, the, the grapes to show the Eden uh, that what's growing in Eretz Yisrael, what was the weight? What was the weight that the Meraglam carried? Over here, the Meraglam did not carry these grapes alone. They carried it supporting one another. Mm. So each one has the ability to carry weight of 120 sa'ah of, of, uh, of load. So what is that in Shanema? Now, what does the Pasuk describe regarding these grapes that they carried? The Yisau... Bamait Bishnoyim. They carried it with poles, and then the Pasik says Bishnoyim with two. Now the question is, why does it say two? Mimash if it says that they carried with a pole, any would I not know that two people are carrying the pole? When you have a pole, there's two ends of the pole. So two people carry these the pole. 
Why does the Pasuk have to say, Bishnayim, two people are carrying it. What does it mean when it says two? It means that there were two poles that uh, were being carried. So that's why it says Bishnayim. But here, on this, the Gemara says that you have to say that when it says Bamait Bishnayim, that was just one layer. But then there was another two poles as well. And the Gemara here explains this. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak says about the load of the grapes that, they, that the Maraglim carried, Turtini, there was one load that they carried, and that's what's described in the Pasuk, Bamait Bishnayim, that there were two poles that were carrying the load of the grapes, but also the Turtini, the Turtini, there was another load below it that was carrying the load above it. That's what Turtini, the Turtini means. It, the, one load that is supporting the other load of grapes. Okay, what does that mean? So when you have two poles, and you hold those two poles, and there are four people that are carrying these two poles, then you place another two poles below these two poles. So the bottom two poles that are being carried by another four people are supporting the top two poles that are being carried. And that's how these grapes were carried. So it was eight meraglim in total that carried the grapes. Okay, Tzad, what does this mean? Shmoina nasu eshkel echad. Nasu eshkel, that is. Eight of the miraglim, since we know that there were 12 miraglim, right? So, so we have to understand exactly when it says in the Pasuk that they carried back the fruits, who carried what? How, how were all miraglim involved in carrying the fruits back from Eretz Yisrael? Eight of them carried the grapes. Echad nasar one carried a pomegranate. And ve'echad nasar and one of them carried a fig. They were massive. These were massive fruits. One, one of the Miragam had to carry himself this massive pomegranate and another one carried a Te'ina. So the Gemara is assuming and the Gemara is saying that for, for the Rimoin and the Te'ina, each one carried along. But the, the uh, grapes, it wasn't just one grape. It was an Eshkoil of grapes. So for that, the remainder is eight Miraglim that carry the grapes. Now there's another two that are still left because there were 12 Miraglim. So now Yeshua, the Kalev, Yeshua and Kalev did not carry any grapes along with them. Either the reason they didn't carry is because of their level of prominence, they were so chashev, and therefore it, was, it wasn't uh, for them to carry anything. Or another reason is, because they were not involved in the plan and the idea that the Meraglim had, as Rashi here brings, when the Meraglim brought these fruits, they did not bring it with the intention to show how good Eretz Yisrael is. They actually brought it, brought it with the intention to, so, to show that just like the fruits that grow in Eretz Yisrael are unusually large and very different, so too Eretz Yisrael, Bechlal, the people that live there are also unusually mighty, and therefore it's going to be very difficult for us to conquer the land. So therefore Yeshua and Kolev did not want to be involved in uh, carrying these uh, fruits from Eretz Yisrael. Okay, now just to go back a second over here, the Cheshbin, just to, to mention, the Cheshbin that it says over here, Benigayat, the Tortini and Tortini, the Tortini, first of all, it comes out that each one of the Miraglim is able to carry a weight of 120 Sa'ah. So that means that these grapes that was carried by eight Miraglim, eight times 120 is 960. 960 Sa'ah, that's the weight of how massive these grapes were that they carried. Massive, massive grapes. That's just a cheshman. Now, exactly. Okay, so again, so the, the Tortini, the Tortini, it's not in the footage in the Pasuk that there were four poles. In the Pasuk, it just says, Bamait Bishnoyim. But from the fact that the, we know that there had to have been eight Miraglim that carried the, the grapes, so if you just have two poles, that just takes four people. So from that, he explains that it must be that that's another two poles that are supporting the top two poles. 
And that's uh, the, the pshat of here in the Gemara. Uh, just interesting, the exact pshat of exactly how the top two poles were positioned and the bottom two poles positioned, there are many, many pshatim and mafarshim about this. Yeah, over here I see in the art school they have different pictures for this. If you look over here on the side of the Gemara, the Taisa's Shans has a picture for this. In Rashi it says that the top two poles and the bottom two poles were placed diagonally across each other, right? So this is, they were like an X shape that they were placed. That's, but even in Rashi itself, there's different ways how to understand what Rashi means. I saw close to 15 different ways of describing exactly how these poles were positioned. It's uh, very interesting how the, and, and even in the Yerushalmi, there's additional uh, opinions about this. Okay, let's leave it at that. Let's go weiter. Now, the Gemara comes back. Let me just mention again one more thing. Okay, there's, there's a lot on, on this Gemara here. This thing over here, the Gemara says that Yeshua and Kala did not take part of uh, the yeah. carrying, right? So this is a big Chiddush. And the Rebbe speaks about this in the Sikhar Bariches and Chelek Lamed Ches and Parshish Shlach because really they were commanded by Moshe Rabbeinu that you should bring back Mipri Aretz. It was a mitzvah. How could they not do a mitzvah if... Uh, because of their choshev, it's a very big chiddush. The says, "Mishum dechshivi." Rashi al does not bring this reason that they're choshev, right? So you're gonna to have to say because others were doing the mitzvah, so it wasn't mamish a mitzvah that they had to do. Others were fulfilling the mitzvah already, so therefore they didn't have to do it, and they were choshev. But Rashi al only brings the reason that what was the point of the mitzvah? The point of the mitzvah was to show the goodness of the land. If over here, the mitzvah is showing the opposite, so then the point of the mitzvah is not being fulfilled. So that's why they didn't, they didn't carry. But the Rebbe speaks about this bariches, this idea that Yeshua and Kalev were not, did not carry. Okay, now the Gemara goes back to what we said before, the Machlaikis, regarding how tall the water of the Yardain rose when it stopped in its flow for Yidin to pass through. One opinion is, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that says that the water went how high? It went to 12 mil, the height of the, the length of how Yidin crossed through. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, Yidin crossed through in the way they camped. And therefore the water also rose to that very same level, that, that uh, 12 mil. Now, you're going to have to say, Tesis over here points it out, that even though Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon asked the question that water flows quicker than a person walks through, so how did the water only rise to that level? So you're going to have to say, over here, because the water was flowing against its nature, it wasn't flowing downstream. If it flows downstream, it flows much quicker than a person walks. But over here, the water was flowing up, up, up against its nature. So therefore, the water flowed at the same pace of them walking through. Mm-hmm. And you actually need some extra time as well, because don't forget, the Gemara before said that Yeshua spoke to the Eden in the Yardin, and they were placing the rocks in the Yardin, so the water was, had, had to be some time of it for all of this to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay? And according to Rabbi Lazar Avru, they did not walk in the formation that they always camped, which would be 12 mil, but they walked in a much longer line because they were walking The literal translation of means in a single file line, one after the other. But that doesn't mean in a single file line because that would be very, very long. But it means that they, that they were not in that same spread out formation that they were in the 12 mil when they were in the mid, but they were just uh, walking one after the other, going through the yard. And therefore, according to the Blasphemy Shimon, the water rose 300 mil. But another opinion here is, Beymar, Ubeymar, both Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon agree that Yidin passed through the Yardain the same way that they camped, 12 mil in that same formation. 
But one opinion is that a person that walks through, he, he is going, walking quicker than the waters. And the other opinion is, know that the waters go quicker than the person. So as I mentioned, that you can say that the, the, over here, that because the water is going against its regular flow, so therefore the people are able to walk quicker than this water that flows against its nature. This will be a long Gemara here, which will discuss the story of the Miraglim. Mm. Right, the next uh, long, long piece over here, which the Gemara will discuss this, since we brought up the Miraglim here, the Gemara starts from the beginning of the parish of the Miraglim. Mm. So the Pasuk begins, Shlach Lecha Noshim, the Ebesh says, Shlach Lecha Noshim, send men to go to Yisrael. What does this mean? Omer Eish Lakish, Eish Lakish says, Shlach Lecha, the Ebesh says, Lecha. Send for yourself. What does lecha mean? Mitaytacha. This is your choice. This is your. If you if you want, then you send. Will this person choose a bad portion for himself? In other words, the Eibushter says, "Look, I promised you the land, and I promise you that it's a good land, and you can trust me. That it's not. I, I'm choosing you a good portion. But if you don't trust, and you want to see it for yourself, you want to send miraculum, so then it's your choice. You go ahead and send." And this is what the Pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu describes what happened by the Meraglim. He says, in my eyes, this was a good idea. What does it mean, says, This was in my eyes that it was a good idea, but in the Ebishter's eyes, this was not a good idea. There was no need to send Meraglim. The Rebbe speaks about this also, this idea of Shlach Lecha, why Dafke Lecha, and the Rebbe explains the point basically is, that Ebishter, the whole point of sending the Meraglim to Yisrael was that Yidin should see it with their own eyes. Mm. Ebishter wanted Yidin shouldn't only enter into Yisrael with Kabbalah soil, but Yidin should appreciate and understand mm. and connect to the goodness of the land and want to go into the land on their own. And therefore it says, L'cha, the whole idea is L'dayitacha, that the, the command to enter into Yisrael shouldn't just be Kabbalah soil, Naseh, but also Naseh Benishma, that Yidin should understand it themselves. And that's why the actual sending was with the same approach that Moshe Rabbeinu should decide on his own. And the idea of the sending the Miraglim was for that, that Yidin should agree and understand themselves that entering Teret Yisrael is Geshmak and good. Mm-hmm. The Rebbe speaks about this Barichas. Then, over there in Parshish Devarim, it describes It simply means that they're going to go and spy the land and see the land. Amr Abchir Bar when the Miraglim went to Eretz Yisrael, their intention was to bring out to Yidin the negative, the embarrassment of Eretz Yisrael. How do we know? Because it uses the term There's another passage where it says the Levana is embarrassed, the Baisha Achama, and the son is ashamed. So the word Vachafra means embarrassment. They wanted to express the embarrassment of Eretz Yisrael. That was their intention. Then the Pasuk says, These are the names of the Miraglim. We have this tradition from our ancestors that Miraglim, Al Shema Nikru. The Miraglim, their names are all connected to their actions, their negative actions. And we, in our hands, we only have one name that we could darshan. What is that? Susur ben Michal. What does this name mean? Susur means Shesasar, Maisav, Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, that he destroyed Abish's actions. And Michal means Shesasa Atzmei Mach, that he considered himself to be small. Or Asa Atzmei Mach, 
He's going to Abishter, he made the Abishter small, and also Atzmemach, he made himself small, and therefore he came he to. Ha, it goes on the Abishter, right? It goes, yeah, it goes, it goes on the Abishter, correct, yeah. Ashi says, also, Ashi's greatest here in the Gemara, also, Soyna Shalakalish Baruch Humach, but it means that the Kaviyochal made the Abishter weak. They said that the Abishter can't, doesn't have the power to, to help us conquer the land. On this, Rabbi Yechenin says, Af Onu Noimar. We as well, Kedash, and another name of the Miraglim, and that is Nachbi ben Vavsi. What does this name mean? Nachbi means Shehechbi Baruch He concealed Abish's words, and Vavsi means Shepisa Baruch He skipped over the Abish's midas, the Abish's attributes. Okay, so this this Gemara here, this piece about the two names of the Miraglim, it's a long sicha from the Rebbe, Chelik Yudches, where the Rebbe explains this Gemara with a tremendous gainus, unbelievable. Just one akuda that the Rebbe says there is. If you look in the Tanchuma, all the names of the Miraglim are darshant. And then in Drush, it's very easy to take the names of the Miraglim and darshan each one of them. Why does the Gemara only darshan one name or another name? So the Rebbe explains that we know the mistake of the Miraglim was that they did not want to go into Eretz Yisrael, to the place of action. Right? They wanted to remain in, in the Midbar, which is to learn Taita, removed from the Maisa in Eretz Yisrael. So what the Gemara is saying is, the names of the Miraglim, it could all be Darshan for them, the mistake that they made, that they did not want action. What was their mistake? They didn't realize that in order for their level of Avedis Hashem in the Midbar <laughs> to be complete, to be Bishlemus, you need Maisa Mitzvahs as well. That was their mistake. But what the Gemara is saying over here is, onu If we want to apply the lesson of the Miraglim for us, the point of the lesson is not regarding the Shleimus of Limadat that requires action, but for us, the lesson of the Miraglim is regarding the action itself. That the action itself is the primary focus of a Yid's Aveda. That's the Ikka. And therefore, we only have one lesson. And the lesson that we have to do things, Dafkin action. And the Rebbe learns, Taishas over here, Sasa Maisa Shalakhalish It's not clear in the Gemara what it means they destroyed the actions of the Abishin. Which actions of the Abishin did they destroy? It means that they destroyed the plan of the Abishin, Oilama to bring down godliness into the Oilama Maisa. And the same thing also regarding the Dibur and the Midis of the Abishin, as it explains in Chsidis, that creation of the world comes from Dibur and also from the Midis of the Abishin. That's what the Miraglim uh, destroyed. There's much more over there in the Sikha, a very big Arichas, the Rebbe explains the Sinian in Chelek Yitches. Weiter, the Gemara says, Vayalu Banegev. They went up to the Negev, Vayavayat Chevrain, they came until Chevrain. So it says, Vayalu, they came up, and then it says, Vayavay, singular term, and he came to Chevrain. So Vayavay Yumi Bayalay, it should have said that they came to Chevrain. So Rav says, Malamet Shapirish Kalev Matzas Meraglim. Kalev separated himself from the plan of the Miraglim and Vahalach and he went and he went to Davin by the by Marasamachpela by the Ovis. Omalahan and he said to the Miraglim, Avaisai Bikshu again, sorry, Omalahan he said he Davin to the Ovis, he said, Avaisai, Bikshu Alai Rachamim, beg mercy for me, Sha'anotzel Meatsas Miraglim. I should be saved from the plan of the Miraglim. Now Yeshua, Yeshua, which was also a tzaddik, and he was saved as well. He didn't go to Chevrin because Kfar Bikish Moishal of Rachman. Moishal already davened for him. Shenemar, Yikra Moishal, Hisheya, Binun, Yehoshua. What's the change of name? Call Yeshiyacha, Matzas Meraglim. Ebishu should save you from the plan of the Meraglim. Now behind the Dechsev, this is what the Pasik says, Ve'avdi Kolev. He had a different spirit with him when he went to, with the Miraglim. And then the Pasuk over there says that because of this, he got a special inheritance over there in Eretz Yisrael. 
Okay, so over here on this Gemara is also a very obvious question, which the Rebbe discusses. If Meish Rabbeinu is giving Yeshua a special brach, he's changing his name and he's davening for him, so how is Meish Rabbeinu sending the Meraglim? If he already sees at that point that they had this plan to do something negative. So the Rebbe's diak in the Gemara is, Ko me'atsas Meraglim. It doesn't say from the Aveda of the Meraglim. At that point, they did not have any bad intentions. They just deviated a little bit from what Meish Rabbeinu told them. Meish Rabbeinu said, you should go and tour the land and give a report of what you see. They decided that they're going to go as spies, Meraglim. Meish Rabbeinu did not tell them to be Meraglim. And so the Meish Rabbeinu saw that they're devising a certain plan to deviate from what he told them. So he, therefore he davened for Yeshua that he should not deviate from the Shlichus. But it wasn't enough of a reason to be mavatal the whole Shlichus. There was still tremendous tzaddikim at that point. So therefore, it makes sense that he's one and sending them, but at the same time he's davening for Yeshua. When they come to Eretz Yisrael, the Pasuk says, V'sham, Achiman, Sheishai, V'talmai, V'goyme, they see these great giants there. Achiman, what does this name mean? Miyuman Shabaachiv. He's the right, in other words, the strong one amongst all his brothers. Sheishai means Shemesim Esa'aretz Keshichasais. He creates in the earth these, these piles of... Uh, of, uh, or actually, Keshichasais means actually ditches, like ditches in the ground. Wherever he walked, he was so t- tall and so heavy that he created these ditches in the ground. Talmai means Shemesimis Aretz Tlomim Tlomim, that wherever he walked, there was these piles of, of sand from, from, his, from him walking there. Dovracher, another Pshat is Achimon Bona Onas. Achimon, he built the whole city, Onas. Sheishai Bona Olash, he built the city, Olash. And Talmai Bona Talbush. Then it says, Yilide ho Anak, the children of the giants. What does Anak mean? Shemanikin chama b'kaymosan. They're so tall that it looks like they, they block the light of the sun and it looks like the sun becomes like a necklace around their neck. Then it says, they came to the city of Hebron. Hebron, Shevashanim Nivnisa, seven years, the Pasuk there says, it was built seven years before Mitzrayim. My Nivnisa. What does it mean that Hebron was built seven years before Mitzrayim? Elaim, if you'll say Nivnisa Mamish, that it was literally built seven years before Mitzrayim, but how could that be? Efshir, is it possible? Adam Baina Bayas Levnoi Cotton. A person builds a home for his younger son. Kaidam Levnoi Gadl. Before he builds a home for his older son. So what does this mean? The Chsev, the Postic says, Bnei Cham. Who are the children of Cham? Kush. Then Mitzrayim, the Gaimer, the continuation of the Pasuk, it there says, is Ufut, Uknan. So Knan is the youngest son, and Mitzrayim is the second son. So, so Cham should have built Mitzrayim, which is the second son, before he built Chevraim, which is in Canaan, for his younger son. So how could you say that he built seven years before he already built for Mitzrayim? He already built that is Chevraim for, uh, for uh, Canaan. Hello, rather what it means is, it doesn't mean that it was built before, but it means It was a better quality of a place, seven times better than Tzoyan in Mitzrayim. And now the Gemara explains what this means. There's no area in Eretz Yisrael where the land is bad quality more than Hebron. And therefore it's a place designated to bury the dead in this area because you can't plant, it's not good soil there. And you don't have a, a better quality of a land, of soil, than Eretz Mitzrayim. The garden of Hashem is Eretz Mitzrayim. And in Eretz Mitzrayim itself, in Mitzrayim itself, you don't have a place that's better quality, better soil than Mitzrayim itself. 
In Tsayan is the place where the ministers lived over there. So Tsayan is the best place in Mitzrayim. Chevroin in Eretz Yisrael is the worst quality of land to plant there. But nevertheless, Chevroin mevune echad mishiva b'tzayin. But Chevroin is better quality, seven times better than Tsayan, which is the best of Mitzrayim. So that's what the Pasuk means, that it was built, it doesn't mean seven years before, it means that it was seven times better than the best place in Mitzrayim. But the Gemara asks on this, the Troshim Havi, is it true that Chevron is such a bad quality of a territory in Yisrael? But Vaksiv, the Pasik says, Shana, it was the end of forty years, Avshalom tells his father, David Amelech, El Khanov I'm gonna go over there to Chevron, and he tells his father, There in Chevron, I'm gonna bring Karbanis that I donated to the Abishter. So he's going to Chevron to bring his Karbanis, and Vahamar of Ivye. He went to bring the best sheep, the fattest and best sheep he found where? In Hebron. So I see that Hebron is the best place. The Tanya will learn If you want to get the best rams to bring for Karbanis, you take them from Mayav. And Kvasim, the best sheep, come from where? From Hebron. So how can we say that Hebron is a bad quality of an area, of a territory, if we see that Avshalim brings his best and fattest animals and sheep from there? So the Gemara answer is on the contrary. Mina. From here, from this itself, I see that the soil to plant over there in Chevron is the worst. Because I did the Klisha Ara, because the land, the earth itself is very bad quality. So of the Raya, so you can't plant there. So it's made a place for the animals to pasture there. And Vishaman Kinyana. And therefore, this is a place where the, the, the sheep that are there are very fat, they're very good. And Ash explains, Adara, but the drier the land is, the better it is for, a sheep, for the sheep. If it's a place that's too moist, so then it's hard for them to walk there. If it's too, too wet and too moist, it's a place that's drier and it's the worst quality of land, that's the place where you have all the sheep over there. And nevertheless, it was better, seven times better than the best place in Mitzrayim, Tsoyan.